welcome back to the Panda Bar, your weekly dosage of sports, pop media, pop culture, news, and updates. My name is Wanjo Panda alongside Sergio Barragan. And we welcome you back for episode number four, Cuatro. Cuatro. Jale Cuatro. <laughs> we welcome you back to episode number four. Uh, thank you again for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing, recommending, liking our Facebook, whatever it is. We're excited to continue this amazing and fun project with you all. So, Sergio, let's hop on to our initial thoughts. What are you thinking about this past week of sports? Thursday's Hail Mary play between uh, Aaron Rogers, Rogers and uh, Richard Rogers. To Rogers. Rogers to Rogers. What happened, man? Well, it was the end of the game. It was 20 to 23, I believe. They, they, all, they just needed a field goal. And, um, yeah, they were down 20 to nothing to start the game, right? And then they come back on a run. And it's a, they're, what, 60 yards away from uh, scoring a touchdown. They just need 30 for a field goal. Mason Crosby has a great leg. And there's a penalty in the last play, right, with a face mask. And who was it, Raji? Who, who did the face? I can't remember who it was. But nonetheless, the Detroit Lions messed up on that play. I mean, uh, And then they had like a 0-0 clock, but the play could last whatever it took. Of course, they're going to do a Hail Mary. Yep. And they just, because they can't they can't go for a field goal anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Raji scrambled a little bit, by some time, threw that 60-yard pass. Well, it probably traveled around 70, yeah. 75 yards in the air. So my problem, my issue with that play was that the Lions had as many players in the end zone as the Packers, mm-hmm. and there was no need for that. They could have dropped eight back there mm-hmm. to their five receivers. Yeah, they, well, you're saying they need more. They needed more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why Richard Rodgers caught that ball. There was nobody in front of him. Let me ask you this. Do you think Aaron Rodgers knew the pass was going to be completed when he threw it? Oh, no. Because he saw his reaction. What? <laughs> he looked like a young Brett Favre was jumping around and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, no one really... <laughs> Things that that play is definitely gonna work, you know. It's it's just one of those, it's that's why it's called Hail Mary. So I mean, you just kind of just let it happen and, and see how things go. But you know, I commend Mr. Rogers, both Mr. Rogers, Rogers and Rogers. Well, Richard Rogers caught a great ball, like he. Yeah, I mean that was a at the pink of where he could catch it. And also, you know, looking at the other wide receivers around there, they did a good, a good job, of not necessarily blocking and not necessarily getting a, a pass interference call or anything like that, but uh, basically, I guess using a, a, a basketball term, boxing folks out. They were able to make that space yeah. for Rodgers to come up and, and get that pass. So, commending the whole uh, Packers team. Any other thoughts about that game? That's just a disappointment for the Lions, but the Lions weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to make the playoffs, so. Yeah. And, and then they, they lost in Detroit. It was a, it was a Detroit yeah. game. And they beat the Raiders, which I'm, I'm salty about, but whatever. That's fine. They were looking good for a while. They, they had won three games in a row, and then... This happened. Our next topic for initial thoughts. Ooh, this one hurts to say. Last Sunday after the podcast, this happened. Mr. Kobe Bryant announcing his retirement after 20, or will be after 20 seasons in, in the NBA. Serge, initial thoughts on that? This The narrative of this season is going to be a lot different than what it was the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. Because it's a farewell tour. Yeah, now it's a farewell tour. Now everybody's appreciating what Kobe's done over mm-hmm. his 20-year career. Mm-hmm. Cue the music, cue the music. As we go on. And then, uh, <laughs> go ahead. And then, uh, well, the first month, everybody was saying how bad Kobe was playing. Mm-hmm. And, like, he should just retire and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, look how great Kobe was. He we was love you, Kobe. Yeah. We'll never have another one like you. Did you hear, was it, like, two days ago that Kobe said, because they were doing the farewell tour, right? Mm-hmm. And then he... He, uh, he doesn't want gifts. He doesn't want gifts yeah. anymore. Yeah, because he doesn't want to take away from the game, which makes sense. I feel like that's something that MJ would say as well. I feel like Derek Jeter would have said that too, or might have said that too, when he was giving his whole farewell tour. What do you tour. mean? Jeter got a bunch of gifts. He got, yeah, he got gifts everywhere he went. But I don't think he really... He's like, oh, that's nice, but I don't think he... You know who's the really guy that's it. most low-key, and probably be the low-key about his retirement? Mm. Tim Duncan. You probably hear like one statement after the end of the season. Yeah, but I feel like that's the thing, though. He made such an amazing uh, and great impact in the league. I think um, I think Tim Duncan. Be crazy. Is, I think Tim Duncan's a better player than Kobe. Yeah. No, you could argue that. You can definitely argue that five yeah. championships, both. Yeah, but if you were to place, he's never had a losing season. 
But the thing, would you? But but I feel like contribute. But I feel a lot of that's also just tied to the 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 team that he has. You know what I'm talking about? If you're looking at the pieces that the Spurs has has have in the past three years, yeah, I got a counter. Go ahead, go ahead. How many championships has has uh, Kobe won without Phil Jackson? Mm, that's actually a really good argument. Yeah, you're right, and you're right. I mean, that's the thing. But you, but the thing is, you can't even make the same kind of argument or the same kind of point with Duncan because Pop has been there. Pop's been there. So but I mean, the thing if you take but, away but, Pop, but but Tim Duncan has played a different role throughout his career. No, yeah, like, he's not the Tim Duncan of '99. So I think the point 2000. being, the point being, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is a way more versatile player than Kobe. Yes, I'll give you that. He can adjust to the to what his his, his limits his team, are. Yeah, what his team needs and what his limits are. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I I agree with you. I think there's a valid point to be made about Kobe or uh, about Duncan being better. They're than both Kobe. top ten players. But if you were to place Kobe in the same kind of atmosphere in the same kind of team that Duncan has right now, a Kawhi Leonard with uh, Tony Parker still playing, with freaking Ginobili and stuff. I think that team would have been even better than what the Spurs have done in the past half decade, decade plus. Kobe over the last what? What do you mean? Well, you said you, if you plug in Kobe to the Spurs, they'll, the, that the Spurs would be better. Than what the Spurs have done. In yes. the last half mm-hmm. decade? Kobe's been injured for the last three years. No, I'm talking about the past decade. Past decade. Mm-hmm. Spurs mm-hmm. made the finals three years? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they probably would have made more. No, I doubt it. Hmm. We'll see, but I mean, we'll, we'll never know. But the point being, Kobe Bryant, we Who's love you. Who's the player show. of their generation? Is the argument that we're doing right now? What are you talking about? That's it's Kobe, Serge. It has to be Kobe. It's, Tim. it's not Tim. Tim is one of those faces, but he is not the player. If you're talking about the folks who, if you're, if you're talking about the, the player that you want to give the ball to in the last five seconds of the game, who would you give it to, Duncan or well, Kobe? Well, is not that player. Exactly. But as much but as you, as much he's good. a consistent, he's a great player. I give him all the props in the world. But he is <laughs> right not. Now, you're not he, but I think that's how I am. I'm, I, I respect his game, but I don't think he has made the same amount of impact on the league, on the game of basketball as Kobe has for his career. I think if we take if I, we take I, both I, of their careers, and yes, Duncan might have better I, statistics. I, I think. What you're arguing is that you'd rather be Kobe than Tim. You'd rather have Kobe's career than Tim. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about and, who I'm respecting and, more. And Kobe is like a, not a flash in the pan, but he had like a great prime, mm-hmm. right? But, but Tim's prime is longer. Oh, no, that makes sense. And then as well, like his influence in the league is probably just as great as Kobe's because what he's doing or what he did five, six years ago, sitting down games, resting. What's what's LeBron doing now? He's resting. What's Dwight Howard doing now? He's resting. So now. so that so that gives you what? That gives you respect. Oh, he knows that. Man. That means yeah. you're you're playing for the playoffs. You're not stat. You're not putting up numbers just to put up numbers in the regular season, mm-hmm. right? That's why Tim Duncan and the Spurs are always going deep. I still stand by my case, though, man. I don't I don't think Duncan is a better player than Kobe. I don't I don't even think you have the ability to kind who, of make that. Who would you rather now. start your franchise? Start my franchise with Tim Duncan, a '98 Tim Duncan, or '96 Kobe. I started with a Kobe, hands down. I stand by that. And as much as you, you'll probably kind of throw the, the, the statistics at me, you might throw all the you know stories how Duncan was a great uh, leader in the locker room. Whatever, he's great. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But hands down, if you ask almost anybody around the U.S., it might be marketability. Whatever it is, marketability. It, it probably is whatever. I stand by my case, man. Kobe. On my team, over Duncan. I like Duncan. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I like Kobe too. Yeah, I think that's okay. I lo- I love Duncan. He's dope, man. You know the way he talks is is hilarious. It's great. <laughs> um, Kobe's a different animal, as he says in his commercial. Can you be a different animal but the same beast? Yes, Kobe can. Kobe has. All right, moving on. Wayne's experience at the Lakers game. Yes, I was at the Lakers Wizards game this past Wednesday. Amazing experience, man, Serge. That that, that was that was really crazy, man. I've never honestly, and you know this. I'm not gonna be the biggest Laker fan. I don't know all their statistics. I don't know all their history the way that I know uh, my San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. Go Giants. Uh, but you know that's my team. Growing up as a boy, Kobe was my MJ. He was he was a guy I looked up to. Uh, and you know, seeing him play 
in person was amazing. It was it was a gift. And shout out to my to my girlfriend for giving me the tickets, uh, getting us the tickets. We were pretty close. I was basically on my camera almost the whole time, trying to film as much as I can, take pictures as much as I can, and we'll post some videos on the Panda Bar Facebook. Really quick. Uh, did you go early? Oh yeah, we went early. We watched the the shoot around. We we watched the warm ups and stuff, and it was really interesting seeing him just. Um, being very, you know, he just seemed happy and very nonchalant. Did he communicate with his players a lot? Oh, yeah. He was, like, laughing, kind of just, you know. He, uh, I have a picture of him uh, hugging Wilbon. Uh, oh, Mike Wilbon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was there. So they were just chatting up. He went to go talk to a couple Wizards players. I think he wants to say what's up to Paul Wall. Uh, Paul Wall. Not John Wall. John Wall. <laughs> Smile for me, girl. What you looking at? Um, I want to get a grill. Oh, that was such a what, what is Paul Wall doing now? Paul Wall, if you're out there, give us a call. Send us an email at the panda bar, two R's at the end, at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. He just had an interview with like Hot 97 or The Breakfast Club on the hip hop station. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I didn't listen to it. It was him and, and Slim Thug. I wonder if he still has, does he still wear a, a, grill? a grill? I'm pretty sure he does. He was selling those for a while. I don't see him at the age of like 86 wearing a grill. Probably will. Probably. That type of character. <laughs> Anyways, not Paul Wall, John Wall, different walls. Um, wall to wall. Um, to the windows, to the wall. Um, going back to the game, it was a great game. I mean, it was a very close game. And what was really interesting, uh, Serge, that I've, I, I noticed, and I'll play a clip right here in a bit. I'm not saying the whole stadium was, was full of Laker fans. But the whole stadium, for the most part, were, they were there for Kobe. Kobe fans. There were there were multiple times where Kobe chance overpowered the 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 DC Wizard chance where where people just knew that this game was about Kobe. Sorry DC, sorry Wizard fans, sorry all that whatever, but it was Kobe's show, you know. Like people were there to watch Kobe, even when the Lakers were losing for a few seconds or a few minutes, whatever. The Kobe chance didn't stop. And whenever Kobe had the ball, everybody was on, everybody was on their feet, even before he even shot. He was just kind of just dribbling around, trying to, trying to assess the situation. People stood up and just stopped talking, stopped, stopped doing whatever they were doing, and they pulled out their phones, they were, they were filming. And he, he could have missed a shot. No one cared. Mm-hmm. Like they were still screaming. They were still chanting, whatever. Um, people were chanting to get their ball to Kobe, which is, was hilarious, man. And it was, it was great. Even his free throws, every, every time he made a free, a free throw, people were going crazy. I don't see a lot of other players getting that kind of attention. Well, yeah, and they appreciate greatness. And, and, that, and that kind of uh, reaction well, it's also from an away team. Well, it also helps that he was playing in a big market mm, in LA for his sense. whole career. Mm-hmm. And like he's... I don't, I don't think San Antonio is a small market. I mean, after how many sitting, after how many championships, they've been milking it, man. I mean, we have, small we have we have we have compared to LA, of course. But we have Spurs, we have Spurs fans from all around the U.S. You know, yeah. that's that's just a just I mean, same thing with Lakers, whatever. But nonetheless, going back to 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 the game, it was a great game. Of course, the Lakers pulled it off <laughs> in the last minute or so. Um, Kobe had a great game. It was ten for twenty four. It was vintage Kobe, and we'll post a video on, on uh, the Panda Bar Facebook with one of those vintage, uh, you know, moments. Um, it was a great game, Serge. Um, I really loved it. First time seeing Kobe in person, honestly. Probably the last. Um, and um, I'm, I'm glad I was able to. Especially how the way tickets are priced now. Yeah, 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 yeah. My boo got the tickets way before that even happened, so I'm, I'm glad. Before the announcement. Before the announcement that he was retiring, so. That was amazing, man. That was, that was a great experience. Well, he said, going back to the announcement, he said he knew he was retiring last in the summer, right? Yeah. He was talking to Jordan, and he asked him how he knew mm-hmm. he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. A lot of people made it seem like it was a spontaneous thing, but then he had like the, his poem that printed out for all the fans that day. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Which is very similar to what and Jordan then he had did, the, right? He had the Player Tribune. No, Jordan would never. You do, you do like a little deer or whatever? Didn't he do a letter, too? No. Someone did a letter. I can't remember who. Well, everybody knew Jordan was going to retire because he only signed a two-year contract with the Wizards. And then, yeah, then he and, went to go play. And he was 40. And before that, he, he was playing uh, baseball, and then he... Uh, but that was the first retirement. Yeah, and then he got so he caught came up back with... Uh, and he sent running. a fax. He sent a fax in 95. And, and Daffy Duck. 
and uh, oh, Looney Tunes, oh, the they Space started, Jam. They started playing against uh, aliens, and, and Jordan saved the whole league. Um, and the and, 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 and then joined basketball back again. I digress. <laughs> but uh, even like, let's make another comparison. Jordan in his last year with the Wizards played a lot better than Kobe's playing right now. Yeah. So, so I mean. Uh, yeah, it was a point. I agree with you. I think. Okay. I think it's like uh, I think I, I saw this when uh, in the Bill Simmons read, heard this in the Bill Simmons podcast. Mm-hmm. Players are like Bill Simmons. Cars. We love you. Come to the show. Yeah, he's great. Bill Bill Simmons said, "Player basketball players are like cars." Mm-hmm. And Kobe has over fifty five thousand minutes, which ranks in the top five in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Once you get over the fifty thousand minute range, mm-hmm. you're done. Your legs are shot, and that's what's happening to Kobe. You're just worried. And you might get injured again. Yeah. Like, they're still playing them a lot of minutes. I think and that's what we saw. And again, I'm not going to lie. As much as I love Kobe, like, you saw he was not playing hard defense. <laughs> when, when, when in the, Especially in the beginning of the game or even just towards the, the second half before it started in, in the third quarter. Whenever, who, who, I think it was guarding uh, Wall or whoever it was. Like, when, if, if Wall was trying to make a break, Kobe would let him pass. And then they'll let, like, Middle World Peace try and take care of whatever. Which makes sense because you don't want him to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want him to break his ankles and, and, and end up like having that be his last game. And I, I, at first, I was kind of frustrated. I was like, oh, "Come on, man, play defense. What's going on? Come on, bro." And you remember he's thirty. And I remember like, old. "Yeah, who am I to say?" <laughs> <laughs> like Kobe's been playing for a while. He's been he knows his he knows he knows his body more than we do. And 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 the, funny, the crazy thing when I was watching uh, the Cavs game was it yesterday or the day before when LeBron decided to to take a rest. Um, a lot, a lot of fans. I know. I think they're away. Um, they were hating on him. Well, yeah, because I mean, away fans only get like maybe once or twice to get mm-hmm. get a chance to see LeBron play mm-hmm. a year. But can you imagine if like a random businessman who was there at the game cheering against LeBron, saying LeBron's tired? I guess that that's what they're cheering. They said a lot worse things. Yeah, to yeah, of course. Uh, can you imagine <laughs> if that guy one day has to take a sick day? He has to go on sick leave because he, I don't know, he has a cold or whatever. He has really bad allergies, whatever it might be, from work. And then all of a sudden he wakes up like, oh, I need to calls in work. I'm sick. Da, da. And all of a sudden, an hour later, he's like napping. And a bunch of, uh, ish ton of fans come in like, Gary's tired. Gary's tired. You have, oh, oh no, you have laryngitis. Oh, boo-hoo, Gary. We pay you five figures to get up every day and work. Gary's tired. No one would, no one would want that. You know what I'm talking about? So at first I was kind of annoyed, like, oh, why, why is LeBron wrestling or why is Kobe not playing defense? But no, man, these guys, they they put on their, they put their, these men and women, they put their bodies through hell. Yeah. So to to entertain, to get fans happy, to give give the fans what they want, give the give the media what they want. So I mean, if they need to take a rest, let them take a rest. Now, if it was like in the finals, that's a little different. It is. Uh, it is. Playoffs or finals. Yeah, a lot different. But I mean, it was just an, another regular season game. You're getting tired. You know, you your body more than anybody else. Fans do appreciate tough men. Yeah, Iron Man, like yeah, but like yeah, but it, yeah, Ripken and the Brett Favre, yeah, and the Allen Iversons of the world. But then you also, you probably might want to, if you interview any of those Iron Men now, they'll probably tell you a list of injuries and like current issues they have with their bodies. You know what I'm talking about? So I mean, I we're always about longevity. I'm always about longevity. Consistency is great, but if you need to take a break, take a break. We want you here on our team for the next five years, not just for the next five days. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's how I, I view things. What about the Wizards fans? How were they? Oh, there was a one Wizard fan. Um, <laughs> and the thing that I loved about the seeing a lot of Lakers fans there was it doesn't matter who they were or where they're from. They introduced themselves. They had a lot of California love going between us. We had Laker fans from outside of, the, of Cali uh, saying what's up, and they introduced themselves to us. We were all cheering, high fiving. That was great. I feel like I was in a home game. Over the Lakers, you know, um, we had a little Filipino. The Philippines loves Kobe kind of poster going on, which I'll post on the Panda Bar soon. Uh, but there was a Wizard fan two rows away from me and my girlfriend who was really pissed off. He was angry. This guy, this, uh, this bald dude with glasses, was a wearing his uh his his Wizard jersey over his business suit, whatever, and he was pissed, hella pissed that Kobe was getting so much love that. The, <laughs> That John Wall was being booed at the free throw line. Yeah. That, that made him and every other DC fan pissed off. So right before the game ended, when the Lakers already secured the game, uh, the guy started flipping everybody off when everybody started cheering Kobe. 
But yeah, man, that guy was pissed. A lot of DC fans were pissed, but not all of them. But a good amount of DC fans were 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 pretty happy to see Kobe. I think they respected his game. Yeah, I mean, they they stood they up. Should. And, and they yeah, should. Kobe had a nice little uh, during the first timeout of the whole game. Uh, Kobe had a nice little uh, curtain call where he came out. You know, said thanks to the fans. Everybody cheered. They showed a little picture saying thank you, Kobe, for twenty years plus, uh, or twenty years uh, of being in the game. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a sweet moment. And that was really beautiful to see. All right. So moving on. The MLB. Hot stove. It's a cooking. Yes. Baseball, baby. Baseball. Going up. Serge, you've heard what, what, what happened with uh, Mr. David Price this uh, past week. Of course, I'm going to know everything that happens with the Red Sox because I'm a Yankees fan. Exactly. So what happened, I Serge? I should be aware. What happened? Signed a seven-year contract for, what, 217? Mm-hmm. Let's check the price meter. Talking numbers. Talking numbers, baby. Dollar bills. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. I'm actually pretty happy about that. Yep. Because they're going to be stuck with them for seven years. Exactly. The Red Sox signing Mr. David Price out of Toronto, uh, who just finishes uh, – his, his season with Toronto, uh, for seven years for two hundred seventeen million dollars, for seven years, David Price ranked by ESPN as the third uh, best or the third uh, yeah third best free agent out in the market at the time. Uh, just got signed for two hundred seventeen million dollars. What do you think about that, Serge? I mean, I think we dodged a bullet mm-hmm. at the Yankees organization because mm-hmm. like we have really elongated contracts like Giambi and Alex Rodriguez that are just like kicking us in there. In the butt right now. So yeah, and and the thing that this does, and you see, is almost every every uh winner during the off season when free agents are being signed and stuff, a chain reaction. It's always going to be a chain reaction. So everyone's like kind of anticipating who's going to be the first big name mm-hmm. to start that chain reaction. And in this case, it wasn't actually David Price. It was Zimmerman. Um, Mr. Zimmerman, Jordan Zimmerman, pitcher for the Nationals, signed with the Tigers for five years. For a hundred ten million dollars, which is a pretty, pretty, pretty large uh, sum of money. Twenty-two. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. Dude's twenty-nine years old. A lot of these top uh, pitcher uh, free agents are around that age, 29, 30, 31. Uh, so they're kind of at where they should be in terms of their career. They're at that uh, pinnacle. Um, so they'll probably have a few more years of, of being great, and then they'll start to kind of move down or go down the hill. Um, but Mr. Zimmerman's contract, uh, like I was referring to earlier, ranked as, as the 18th best free agent by ESPN. Um, that created a, a huge chain reaction. That kind of set the bar of, of, of where contracts we're going to start or be at compared to, you know, when you start comparing each player to Zimmerman and then as that kind of builds up in terms of more people being signed, you compare the next person being signed to the next person being signed. So after Zimmerman was signed, and then we went to Mr. Price. Thirty-one million a year. Yeah, who uh, he was who signed for two hundred seventeen million for seven years. After that, a few year uh, a few days ago, Mr. Zach Greinke, who was everybody thought was going to be between the Dodgers and the Giants. Everybody thought that. Everybody except for myself. Oh, well, I thought I was you know if anything I don't want the Dodgers or I don't want the Giants to sign them, but I don't want the Dodgers to sign them either. I was like I hope there's a third team involved who he goes to, and I was like. Division. Which I don't, I'm, I'm okay with, which I'm okay with because, and actually to go to head back, Zach Greinke actually did sign with the Diamondbacks out of all teams. Not the Dodgers, not the Giants, but the Diamondbacks for $206 million for six years. And I'm happy. As a, as a diehard Giants fan, I'm happy because I feel the same way that you felt. We dodged a bullet. Dude is 32 years old. God bless his skills. He's probably one of the better pitchers out there uh, right now. But for six years, $206 million, lock him up until he's 38. Mm-hmm. I don't want the Dodgers, or I don't want the Giants to do that. I didn't want the Dodgers to do that either because I knew he meant a lot to the team. So honestly, I think it's a win win. One, the Dodgers lose him. Two, the Giants don't put that much money down for a guy who's 32 years old and probably will be declining in the next few years. And three, it makes our division a lot more exciting, a lot more competitive. Um, as much as I, of course, I want to beat the Diamondbacks every time we face them, they're not the kind of team that I'm going to fear, even with Zach Grunke. All right. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go one by one. Yep. What does Zimmerman mean to... Tigers? 
Yeah, the Tigers. What does that mean? And uh, first year impact, initial impact. He starts to round out their their rotation. The Tigers have had the Tigers basically sold their players last season when they started well, they realizing had they, price, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, they right. traded him off to the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. They started realizing that we're not gonna make the postseason. The season's a, 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 a fluke or not fluke. It's 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 done. Mm-hmm. We're we're out. Uh, so they started saving money. They started trying to uh, get more prospects build for the next coming year. So this is basically like their, you know, at the age of twenty nine. He's where he should be. The Tigers want to get back to the to, to the playoffs. You know, that doesn't look like a bad contract. I just don't know too much about Zimmerman's mm-hmm. numbers. Zimmerman pitching with the Nationals, he was he was pretty solid. Um, he's a great pitcher. I think he had a couple uh, no hitters or slash perfect games. I can't remember, but he he's a great pitcher. He is ace. He could be an ace status pitcher. Mm-hmm. He, he could be the top of your t- rotation kind of pitcher and hold things down for the Tigers. The thing is, will, will the Tigers, uh, will the rest of the Tigers lineup and the rest of the Tigers t- uh, roster round things out and hold things down? Because that's a, that's a large sum of, sum of money. I mean, albeit they'll have it for five years, but they better make sure they have enough people to surround him, uh, surround him in with to, to make a legitimate title run. That's that's the thing that's that's uh, really important there. You could, I mean, that's the thing that that's why I'm happy we didn't sign Granky or Zimmerman for that amount of money because. Um, we need more pieces to our okay. team. We need a left fielder for the Giants and things like that. All right. Next guy, David Price. What does that mean for the Red Sox? The Red Sox have been horrible as well the past season. Well, they, last year. But they, last... Didn't they won the championship two years ago? Three years ago? Well, 2013. Something like that, yeah. But going back to last season, the Red Sox made a couple huge gambles on Pablo mm-hmm. Sandoval. Um or first and foremost, on Pablo Sandoval. Uh, with Pablo, they signed him for, I can't remember how much, but a, a huge ton of money for, uh, I think it was like six years or so, five, six years, uh, and he didn't really do so well. You know what I'm talking about? Like, And then, of course, the, the Red Sox did horrible last season. So they're trying to get back on the horse as well, similar to what the Tigers have, um, have done with the Vermin. They're trying to get back to the playoffs. They're trying to be competitive again in the AL East. Um, but with Price, he's a huge gamble, man. He's... A great regular season guy in my eyes. He did okay in a postseason, but he wasn't as dominant as he can or should be yeah. as a type, a top name uh, pitcher, as a two hundred seventeen million dollar arm. Like he, he needs to prove himself. He's not as much of a choke as uh, Kershaw in the postseason in my eyes, but he should be doing way more than he did for the Blue Jays in the, in the postseason. Um, still a great arm. I would eye him. I, I would love having him as a, as a giant. But for two hundred seven years, But for two hundred seventeen million dollars for seven years, nah, nah. I don't want him when he's thirty-seven. That's another uh, Barry Zito kind of uh, contract. I'm, I'm not really digging that. All right. And Granky for the Diamondbacks. What does that mean for the Diamondbacks? For the Diamondbacks, Granky basically makes them a B plus contender in the NL West, uh, a division where it's always been. Giants or Dodgers? Is it going to be the big money, uh, heavy hitters mm-hmm. in LA, or is it going to be the the quirky kids who kind of piece things together and all of a sudden make a run every every even year? Um, those are it's, it's usually been between us, the Giants and the Dodgers, and now it's I'm excited to see the Diamondbacks kind of make make a push um, by signing Granke. I'm gonna love seeing Granke face the Dodgers every so often, almost every month or so. That's gonna be fun. Because especially if we see a Greinke versus Kershaw, oh no, man, that would be, be fun. Because I mean, it's not just about numbers and names on, on paper, but these guys as teammates. If you have Greinke as a teammate for the past year or so, you'll get to know each other. You know how he pitches. So the fact that the Dodgers players who've known him for the past few years know how he pitches, they're gonna know. They're gonna spread around. Hey, this is where where Greinke likes to pitch. This is what he usually does in the past two years. Greinke, if he's smart, is gonna change that up. And work with the Diamondbacks catcher and, and, and pitching coaches to kind of fool the Dodgers and, and change things up in terms of his pattern, the way he delivers all things like that. Maybe not the delivery, but just just the way he pitches and his, his strategy. But that's gonna be an amazing game because Granky's also gonna try and share what he knows about Kershaw. That's that's the thing that's gonna be really exciting to see the Diamondbacks face the Dodgers, and of course, just seeing the NL West in general. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot more of an arms race now, especially with uh, uh, Granky going against Kershaw, going against Bumgarner. Um, it's going to be amazing, and I think it places the Diamondbacks as a decent uh, prediction for the NL West. As in, like, maybe most likely they're not going to make it, but they might fight for a wild card. They might make it to the postseason, 
but they still have a bunch of pieces to fill in. Let me ask you another question. This is about last year's free agency. Mm-hmm. The Padres made a big splash. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any predictions that the Padres were going to win? The oh season? yeah, it's and this thing is very similar. It's, it's going to be mirrored with Diamondbacks. Is when the Padres made that uh, made a big splash and signing Uptons and and uh, getting uh, oh, Kemp, getting Kemp as well as uh, signing who's that Royals? Uh, James Shields. Mm-hmm. They got Shields, Kemp, Upton. They had a pretty solid lineup, a bunch of great, not necessarily veterans, but folks in in the majority in, in their prime. Yeah. On paper, they look great. A lot of times, they do need, teams like that do need a season to kind of gel and get used to things. But the Padres did a lot worse than the Padres did worse than what their expectations were kind of set to be coming out of the free agency uh, season last last December. And I think the Padres GM was actually awarded <laughs> the I guess the best. Free, uh, free agent season or off-season award for, I don't know, the, the, the most uh, remarkable GM at that time, which is funny because the outcome was horrible. You know, they, I, don't, I can't remember when they finished, uh, but they, they weren't even close to, to being, to making that to the wild card. Or, yeah. Do, do you think that they'll gel in their second year? Or are those, some of those pieces already gone? I feel like they'll be... My prediction is they're not going to do so well this coming season either. I mean, looking at the pieces they picked up, they didn't pick up like young guys who were in their prime or heading into their prime. They picked up guys who already had their prime, could still squeeze out a little bit more out, out of their prime years. But if you look at them for the next two or three years, they're not they're not they're not going to be anything but a medium, not mediocre, an average everyday player. Kemp's great, hit a few home runs. Yes, he's an amazing player, very electrifying. Very marketable. He's not gonna make your team. James Shields didn't do amazingly well last season. He's not gonna make your team. Yeah. The difference between those signings and with Granky is Granky is going to make an immediate impact for the Diamondbacks. James Shields was still a question mark. He was a B plus player. Matt Camp, B plus player. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Upton, B plus player. Granky is a solid A player at least for the next season or two. Like he's the kind of player where he pitches with finesse. With finesse, he's gonna. Uh, people have been comparing him with uh, Greg Maddox in the way that he might be able to go and continue pitching onto his forties or onto his late thirties at least, uh, in a in a solid above average manner. But I still wouldn't want to sign him for that mu- uh, much uh, amount of money. And lastly, uh, the Zimmerman to Price to Granke uh, pickups led to, of course, my boy Samarjia. Who signed with the Giants? Justin Marja off of the White Sox had a horrible season with them. His worst season overall. Signed with the Giants just yesterday, I believe, uh, for five years and ninety million dollars. Uh, this guy basically looks like an overgrown Tim Lincecum with long hair. Uh, funny fact: uh, he actually played wide receiver for Notre Dame. Oh really? He was choosing between the NFL and MLB and chose to be a, a pitcher. Oh, I think I remember the yep, guy. Yep, yeah, tall dude, long hair. Uh, he is a pretty. I think he's a pretty decent pick for the Giants. I am not happy with ninety million. That's a lot more than I think he's worth for five years. Um, but the thing that's really cool and a cool fact that I've, I've learned from reading some uh, articles is the past two years there's only been one pitcher in the Giants rotation who has held uh, over 200, 200 innings pitched um, each season, and that's Bumgarner. We've had an issue with our starters dropping off due to injury, not being able to hold it down, um, talent being an issue, um, i.e., let's come. But with Samarja, you get someone who's a, who's a horse. And we're talking when we talk in pitching or in baseball, we, when we're talking about a horse, we're talking about somebody who's consistent, is able to go in and, and uh, go in each five, every five days and pitch and give you at least six or seven innings. Mm-hmm. That's a quality start. You need to get him at least six innings. Um, to, to count him as a as a horse as, as someone who's consistent who's able to put your team out there and give you a chance to win, uh, and Samarja is that kind of pitcher. He's not gonna wow you. He's not gonna be an amazing you know. He's not gonna be a, a Granky or a or or a Bumgarner. Twenty game winner. Yeah, he's not gonna be like that. But he could be a, a, a thirteen to fourteen game winner okay. with a ERA ERA below three three point five. I'll be happy with that. A solid number two, number three. I think he'll be more so like a number three, number four pitcher. That's fine. Uh, but the Giants still have work to do in, in terms of signing another pitcher to round out the rotation. Jeff's margin the shark is in the waters of McCovey Cove. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Ho.
H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho, fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I beat up. All right, Serge. This past weekend or week, you told me you watched an amazing film. Yeah, a knockout film. Who was it? What was it? It was a Creed film with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan? Uh, Sly Stallone. Ryan Coogler, who is a very young director, 29 years old. People are, people are talking about how it might be the best Rocky, I guess, based film. It's, 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 in my opinion, I think the training is very real. Well, let me go back. I think his training regimen is, is actually pretty solid compared to the other Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Michael B. Jordan looks like he's in great shape, mm-hmm. in phenomenal shape. Um, fighters don't usually look like that because he looks a little bit too built. He looks kind of like a, a longer version of, of Tim Bradley. Mm-hmm. Tim Bradley fights uh, right now. He's a world champion at 147 pounds. So yeah, so the Creed movie is about a Michael B. Jordan's character, Adonis Donnie Creed, or as he's known in the beginning of the movie, Johnson. He's a love child of Apollo Creed. So he has his pedigree and stuff like that. And he was, a tro- he was a trouble child. He was in juvenile hall in the beginning of the film. And he liked to fight. He was beating up kids back in the day. And his adoptive mother, who was Creed's uh, wife, Donnie's, Donnie's uh, character fights, professional fights in Tijuana, Mexico, behind his adoptive mother's back because she didn't want him to fight for mm-hmm. so such a long time. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the movie, he gets a, like a promotion at like a a big firm, big mm-hmm. financial firm or something. And then he quits his job the day of the promotion to pursue boxing. The what? Yeah. And then nobody in LA wants to train him because... He's it, a because random of, kid from this... Yeah. No, because it's he, everybody knows he's Apollo's son. And uh, his adopted mother doesn't want him to be involved in boxing. So everybody in LA knows the story. Mm-hmm. So he moved to Philly to go find his uncle, who he calls... Uh, who find Rocky? Who calls? He calls uh, Rocky Unk. Mm-hmm. And um, Rocky Dawson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Well, nobody knew he existed because supposedly the story goes, Apollo had a love child, and Ad- Adonis was born after Apollo's death, so they never met. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, he was very, very raw in the movie. You can tell Adonis Creed, even though he was fifteen over fifteen knockouts. Most of the fights were in Mexico. And I'm telling you, the level of competition in Mexico is very poor. That's why like, I never really had a lot of respect for Canelo's record. Mm-hmm. So he he goes to Philly and fights a young prospect, but he he doesn't know. And he looks like a guy that's barely learning how to fight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know he doesn't know how to throw the one-two. He, he, he kind of mirrors people. So he mimics what, what you're doing in the back. So he's going to try to do it. Do what you're doing. Throw the left hook. Throw three straight left hooks or something. Uh, he didn't know how to do his feedback. He didn't know how to jump rope. He didn't do. He didn't know a lot of the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And Rocky gave him a little training regimen and started training them. And he fights for a world title against the number one pound for pound guy at the end of the movie. But one of my favorite scenes of the movie, when at the at the last fight. He's, he's doing the walkout, right? And so you normally think, okay, the walkout, there's probably going to be music in the background. And the, his walkout music was Tupac's Hail Mary. Right? Mm-hmm. You know the, you know the song? Tupac's Hail Mary. And instead of doing what I thought would normally happen, right? You kind of faded faded in the back. They, they blasted that whole thing. You didn't hear anything else but the song, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. A little bit of crowd noise. And then he walks in the ring, and you probably thought, okay, probably 30 seconds of the song, that's it. He, they did the whole two verses of Tupac's Hail Mary. It was just amazing. Gave me goosebumps. Because, I mean, Tupac's a very passionate rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, you can feel him when he's rapping. Mm-hmm. So that was really dope. Um, but, yeah, that was, that's the movie. Brian Coogler's a talented director. He directed Fruitvale Station. And he co-wrote this one as long. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I thought was really interesting and a lot, a lot of the fighters, in the, at least in America, a lot of the great fighters are, are African-American. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fighters around the world 
a lot of great fighters usually are either Hispanic or, or African American. And one and, Filipino. And so, some Filipinos. Actually, Nonito Donaire and... Yeah! He's coming up. Uh, well, not really. He's losing a lot now. No, but, no, he's not. <laughs> but um, usually boxing movies have white leads, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't really see a lot of white champions. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see that now it's actually... It's, it's becoming... Representative of what, yeah, what, what really reality is. is. Or at least yeah. what current boxing yeah. is looking like. And another thing about Kugler. Um, Mr. Kugler will actually be... Uh, they announced he'll be the director, or at least one of the directors, uh, for the Black Panther movie. Black yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Right? Is that that's the name? That's the Marvels. Black yeah, Panther. yeah. So he's gonna be the um, uh, the main director, which is gonna be really interesting. Did you know that Black Panther was the first black superhero? Really? Yeah. I was crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I saw it in the documentary. And it's oh, that's cool. Okay, okay. A shout out to the Black Panther. Uh, we love to have you on the show. Come, come on down. It's probably gonna be Michael B. Jordan. I bet you. I they, would love to meet Michael they, B. Jordan. They, they, they connect a lot. Dude, Michael B. Jordan's on point, dude. Like, they have that, that connection, like, Scorsese and DiCaprio have. That makes sense. And Scorsese and De Niro have. I don't think it'll be Michael B. J- I, I heard he's going to do another film around that time. I think it'll be it'll go with someone different for the Black Panther movie. But I'd love to see Michael B. Jordan in the Marvel Universe. Marvel all the way, man. They've been, they've always been making some good movies. They're basically like the Pixar of, like, superhero Marvel. movies. Yeah. Good stuff, man. So, you know, go out and go see Creed. Come with me. All right, Serge, so Ben Simmons tearing it up in NCAA basketball. We got to talk about where you think he's going to be ending up because, I mean, the season will be – it's just started, but uh, by the end of the season, the speculation will be where is he going to be playing in the NBA? Will he leave after that, after that year? After, after one year, he's definitely leaving. I think he's a lot to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And right now we have to think about who are the worst teams in the NBA. Okay. We're talking about the Lakers. We're talking about the 76ers. We're talking about who are we talking about? The Nets. We're so those are three Nets. names right off the bat and, of my head. And also Pelicans. The Pelicans. The four worst teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we never know. It's a draft lottery. Last season the Lakers had a little bit of a better uh, record now. than uh, – Oh, I was going to compare it to the 76ers. They had a better record than the 76ers, but they still got the second overall pick over uh, the Sixers, Sixers, who were the number three. Um, but looking forward, we don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the season, but who do you think uh, might be a good fit or would be able to receive uh, the graces of Ben Simmons? Well, I think um, the Lakers would probably be the best franchise to go to, but then like they're, they're in their, their front office is in shambles right now, too. Mm-hmm. The, the Bus family isn't taking care of the, the franchise itself. There's talks about maybe selling it in a few years because of that big sale that the Clippers had, $2 billion. How much is the Lakers franchise worth? Mm. A lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the Sixers, they don't look like they're going to win anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And that would be terrible. Have Ben Simmons with the Sixers? Mm-hmm. I mean, he did. Uh, the Sixers did, did beat the Lakers as well. So, yeah, I think yeah that was their they, first win. They got their first win. Yeah. That was like one in eighteen. So it's gonna be really interesting moving forward. I would love to see him with the Lake Show. That'd be great to have Ben I, have Ben Simmons be the star and then have uh, Randall and Russell be alongside him. Yeah, that'd be ben great. Ben Simmons is just incredible. Jordan Clarkson. Incredible. Yeah, so I mean, that would be amazing. I'm hoping for that. The biased Laker fan in me would love that. But NBA first, would love that. Yes, NBA would love that. But but part of me has. I feel like it's not going to go out that way. I feel like that's, that's too I mean, it's, it's, it's all it's all based it's on a, chance, but it's a chance. Yep. Supposedly, there's a conspiracy theory about the 1985 draft lottery. That mm-hmm. was the first time they ever had a lottery, mm-hmm. and the Knicks were a bad team. Yep. And the Knicks got the number one pick. Okay. And the prize possession that year, the prize pick that year was Patrick Ewing, which is mm. which is basically the Ben Simmons of the 80s. Yeah. Like every decade has like that one guy that's like a lock. Mm-hmm. Right. And this this decade it was it's it's uh Ben Simmons. In the nineties it was Shaq, eighties Patrick Ewing, seventies mm-hmm. Bill Walton, Kareem was sixties, Wilt was fifties. But yeah, but go figure, this Knicks get the number one pick. The biggest market in the NBA. Of course they want their biggest markets to do well. And that, that's that's a whole conspiracy theory behind it. You give them the best prospect. And they were good for a decade plus. 
Went to the finals in 94 and in 99. Patrick Ewing played really well. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think there's going to be a conspiracy theory, but I think it's a really, really good chance that the Lakers will probably get Ben Simmons. And it'll be a great young team with Randall and, and D'Angelo Russell. And I like Randall. And then Ben Simmons is not a, um, a selfish player. Mm-hmm. He has great vision. He just had a game where he had 43 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Mm-hmm. He's just He's an overall great player. And I think he averages like two steals a game and like another block or two a game. He's 6'10", can play any position on the floor. He's lengthy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a special player. He doesn't go with the Lakers. I would like to see him play for the Celtics because the Celtics have the Nets pick. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. How did they get that again? They did the trade. They traded um, Paul Pierce to the Nets. Paul Pierce and KG to the Nets. And, and they then, got the number one pick for this year? Well, they the Nets thought they were going to be good. The Nets thought they were going to be good. Wah, wah, wah. And they're Wait, be didn't, like, they, didn't they make it to the playoffs, though, last year? No. The year before, though, right? The year before. Yeah. Though. Okay, and then they... they Did they, they make the playoffs last year? Yeah, they, they made it for one of the past two years. I remember KG, seeing them. KG wasn't there. Paul Pierce wasn't there. Oh, yeah. It was, it was two years ago then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And now... Man, that's a horrible trade. They're getting rewarded <laughs> for that trade. Yeah, well, and they're they're a playoff team. The Celtics, the Celtics are pretty mm-hmm, solid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. We'll we'll see how things go. I would love to see him with Lakers. Of course, you said you would as well. But realistically, I would like to see Lakers think? do well. Even Who? though I'm not a Laker fan, mm-hmm. I like them because like they've never been this bad two years in a row, not making mm-hmm. playoffs. So let's do a quick panda pick, and I know we won't know until next uh, draft day. But panda pick time, Serge. Who do you think? Where does Ben Simmons break out in NBA? Where does he start his career? His hopefully long, amazing career. Well, you got to go with the Sixers because they have the worst record. Okay, Sixers. So you're calling Sixers. You're calling Sixers, right? Biased, Wanjo Panda. Let's go with Lakers. Do it. Lake show. Genie bus. Make it happen. Make a trade. Do what you got to do. Sell the whole squad right now to get a number one pick. And get Mr. Ben Simmons in the purple and gold. Um, so that Kobe's shadow will not leave us too cold. Yo, ah, I mean, that rhyme. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What do you think about the Pelicans in the first place? That'd be cool. And I, I never Anthony, liked Anthony Davis. And Ben Simmons. And that's ben crazy. Simmons, two, best, yeah. two best players of, of the season. That's crazy. That'll be, be ridiculous. But what? They'll be so dominant. I, I just don't like... The Pelicans team name. Yeah, they, <laughs> I never understood why. I was it's like, not very menacing. Really? I mean, their mascot looks crazy scary. We'll post a picture later on in the panda bar. <laughs> I apologize for future uh, listeners. But yeah, dude, it's it'll be crazy. Well, yeah. So Sergio saying, Sergio saying uh, the Sixers get Mr. Simmons. Uh, myself hoping that the Lakers, the Lake Show, will uh, uh, have. Mr. Big Ben Simmons. Uh, we'll see how things go on draft. The one is out of dream, you repeat it every night. For 24 frames, every second through the light. Projected through the screen, you've been paying for the spite. What you see and what you hear, contrary to your sight. Everything you ever learned that you never had to live, might have heard from a storyteller medium. Pictures, words, scripture, the cinema script. Ray for blast. To the past, Sergio. This past week, uh, shout out to Mr. Francisco Mian for uh, sending these over our way. Again, listeners, if you want to send any questions, any updates, any topics for us to discuss, email the pandabar double R at and at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-P-A-N-D-A-B-A-R-R at gmail.com. But first and foremost, our blast to the past. This past week, Sergio, what has happened in the past sports history? All right. Well, we got Will Chamberlain's debut with the University of Kansas mm-hmm. in 1956. He scored 52 points. 52. Which is like it's 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 relevant in in the sense that we have a a young stud that just played lights out last week mm-hmm. as well. 43 mm-hmm. points, like I mentioned, 17 rebounds, six, no, 16 rebounds, seven assists with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Another cool uh, historical fact is not that historical. It was only three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny Pacquiao getting knocked out with that straight right hand, with the looping right hand of uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. When did that happen? I don't remember that. December 9, 2012. What are you talking about? I don't remember that. 
Pack, I don't remember either. I don't remember yeah, anything. Yeah, he's about. fine. Huh? Manny Pack, I don't remember either. All right, December 9th, 1985. Jerry Rice <laughs> began his streak of 100 plus consecutive games with a reception. Jerry Rice, we love you coming in the game. Come game. Come, <laughs> come on a podcast <laughs> to uh, get interviewed or do whatever you want to do. Uh, but Jerry Rice doing an amazing, uh, uh, starting an amazing uh, 100 plus game consecutive uh, reception streak. Wilt Chamberlain having his first college game, scoring 52 points, and uh, some other stuff happened in Manitoba. Yeah. All right. Yeah, not a night that he'll probably remember ever. Moving on. Surge, top five for this week. We talked about Kobe. We talked about the Lakers. We talked about Ben Simmons hopefully being a Laker in the future. It's Laker-centric. Very Laker-centric. I don't know why. I didn't do that at all. We talked about my (laughs) my experience at the Laker game. (laughs) Um, Top five Lakers of all time, Surge. Please do the honors. All right. My top five, I'm going to go with number five first. And my criteria is a little bit different than a lot of people's. So Mm -hmm. I won't have a lot of people, a lot names that people would usually have in the top five Lakers. AKA, if you have any issues with whatever Sergio is about to say, please send your angry email to thepandabar at gmail.com. Double R. Well, Mike, my, one of my, so, well, you had to win. No, you didn't have because one of my guys doesn't have a championship. You had to be a, uh, a lifer. You had to be a Laker from the, from when you got drafted. From, from the first game you played to the last game. Uh, see, I have a little in, in my opinion. That's fine. Go ahead. Do, do your thing. All right. Top five. My number five, George Mikan. Who that? <laughs> <laughs> Says the Laker fan for the past yeah. whatever years. Anyways, go ahead. I'm going to just lay him out. And then lay him out, man. Questions. Go ahead. George Mikan, number five. My number four is Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. My number three is Jerry West. The logo. Yeah, the logo. My number two is... Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Black Mamba. And my number one Mamba. is Magic Johnson. Okay. So, hmm. I get your number one, number two. What's up with number five, man? Tell me about him. George Mikan played in the early days of the NBA and made the Minneapolis Lakers the franchise that they are now. They're named after the Minneapolis Lakes. Yes. Lakes. You didn't know that? No, I knew that. Okay. Yeah. He won five championships with the Lakers. You guys have how many championships mm-hmm. in total? Sixteen. Mm-hmm. He helped you get there. Yep, yep. He was the first uh, dominant big man before Chamberlain, before Russell. Professor Sergio, you know, educating me, myself, and the listeners. That's great, man. You know, this, you know, Lake Minnetonka was that Prince played by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite skit, Purple man. Rain. Purple uh, Rain's like, why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? That is the funny. best, man. That and like gay blouses. Dude, they should sign Prince. Forget, forget Ben Simmons. The Lakers should bring bring up Prince. Did, did you know that Prince played high school basketball? There you go. And he's like five three. He's there you go. Dude. Yeah, no, whatever, dude. It'll be like uh, what's his name? Alston, uh, whatever his name is, rapper, whatever. Anyways, good top five. Sounds good. Um, what made you decide between Kobe and uh, Magic? Magic is the Lakers mm-hmm. to me. He's the face, right? Yeah. I mean, he's Showtime still... Lakers, five championships, I think nine finals appearances. He's still he's still really, really uh, embedded within the team structure and leadership. Yeah, I mean, like, he's yeah he's he's not an owner anymore, but uh, I think he probably still is a partial owner. Yeah, I mean, he's I feel like he's putting more of his time with the Dodgers. When he signed his contract with the Lakers, when he, I think his second contract, he signed a lifetime contract. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. He signed a $10, $10 million lifetime. For life. Yeah. <laughs> they got Magic Johnson working like <laughs> the Stables Center <laughs> Stadium at the age of 67 and stuff. Come see Magic. He's like, can you just let me go, please? <laughs> no, but I think he enjoys it. I think he loves being in LA. I assume so. I, I yeah. mean, come on, dude. He looks like Showtime. he's having fun. And- yeah, that guy. My top five. Number five, I'm going to go, and he's a great player, but just because he didn't spend all of his career with the Lakers, uh, Mr. Chamberlain. Mr. Chamberlain, number five. Telling his career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, number four, going with Jerry West. Number three, Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number two, I'm going with Mr. Magic Johnson. And number one, Black Mamba. Y'all could hate. I don't care. I just still appreciate y'all. Mr. Kobe, Black Mamba, Bino, Vintage, Bryant. 
I'm surprised that Shaq didn't make all the list. Yeah, I mean... Three championships, eight years? But, well, he played for the Celtics. We played for the Heat. He played for... I don't know, where else did he play? Magic. The Magic. I mean... Cavaliers. He was a great Laker. He is a centerpiece uh, for that uh, three-peat up in early 2000s with Kobe. But, uh, sorry, Shaq. We love you, but you're not making my list, at least. Mm-hmm. And I think that the whole thing about, you know, Lakers who've been there for the majority of their careers makes sense. I mean, you could argue... With Chamberlain. About Chamberlain, but I feel like he was that big of a name, man. I, come on. In my head, like, he was that big of a name. Uh, but yeah, those are my top five. Those are your top five, Serge. Yeah. Uh, listeners, we'll be asking y'all on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thepandabar with two R's, um, about your top five Lakers. All right. Heading on to the tail end of our show as Kobe heads out to the tail end of his career. What to watch, Serge? What to watch for this coming up week of athletics and sports entertainment? Well, I have, I need to catch up on my boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to catch the replay of the Quillen Jacobs fight that was last night. I have no idea what it is, but okay. It's, it's a middleweight title fight, and then they're both based out of Brooklyn, New York, so it's like a Brooklyn supremacy fight. Okay. Like, and uh, they're both great fighters. Actually... You'll probably be uh, interested in Daniel, Jake, uh, Daniel Jacobs' story. Daniel Jake- Jacobs is a cancer survivor. Oh, what? Yeah, he's like 27, 28 years old. Okay. And uh, Quillen is from Michigan, Grand Rap- Rapids, Michigan, uh, Floyd Mayweather's hometown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's of Cuban descent. Oh, So it's pretty cool. Oh, okay. And then I am also need to catch up on the, the Vladimir Klitschko fight that he lost to, I think it's Danny Fury. Mm-hmm. The first time he loses in since 2004... He had 19 straight title mm-hmm. defenses, which is six short of Joe Lewis's record. Okay. And he was a dominant heavyweight champion. He'll probably go down to maybe top 10. Mm-hmm. He was 6'5", 240, 250 pounds. Okay. Big guy. Cool. What else are we watching? We're watching the USC 30 for 30. Got it. I actually saw it. Terrific. Nice. Um, nice. It, it's actually... it's. It's what got me. This USC team is what got me interested in college football. Mm. We're, we're talking about Reggie Bush. We're talking about my, Matt Liner, Lando White, Dwayne Jarrett. You'll be in the pocket. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, yeah, and you know USC. <laughs> we you, we should have touched on this. USC losing to Stanford for the uh, for the NCAA uh, Pac uh, twelve. Pac twelve title. Pac twelve title. Um, Alabama winning. USC. Alabama winning. Uh, we'll touch on that probably next week. Clemson winning. Clemson winning. Boo, UNC. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it was Michigan State winning. Right. Oh, well. We cut that. Cut this out. Yeah, that's why we ended it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they won. If they won, I'll keep this in here. Uh, but yeah, so, well, you know, NCAA, congrats to all the champions. Boo-hoo for all the losers. All right. Awesome. USC 30. Watch that coming up. For myself, I actually watched a documentary. This is not sports related, but I think it's a great documentary called Iris. Uh, documenting the life and current status um, and rise of Iris Apfel, who is one of the most amazing, most well-known fashion icons uh, in the world of fashion. Repetitive. Uh, but my girlfriend showed me this documentary a bit. She's basically the Kobe Bryant, the MJ of the fashion world. She is one of the only and few people to have decorated the White House, to be trusted with decorating the White House. She, uh, everybody from Anna Wintour to all the big names in fashion go to her uh, for advice, for guidance on their careers, on their, um, on their companies and organizations. And Iris, at the age of 97, is still kicking, still doing work. Amazing. Also a very nice person. She's, a, she's, a, she's one of the very few American fashion icons. Mm-hmm. We don't have mm-hmm. that many. You know, yeah. Ralph Lauren, who just announced he was retiring. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next guy I can think of is uh, Tom Ford. How about Kanye, though? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yes, Iris Apfel. The documentary is on Hulu for free. Check out Iris. Iris Apfel. A-P-F-E-L. Amazing icon. I know it's not has nothing to do with sports, but we're talking about icons retiring or ending their game or, or, or uh, heading out uh, to the sunset. Iris is an amazing person who's still doing work. Is basically the uh, um, one of the most well-known icons in the fashion world. Cool. Another uh, throwback from the past, Samurai Jack. I'm talking to all my Cartoon Network folks. If y'all remember that uh, that dope 
old school cartoon back in the day uh, is coming back. Samurai Jack is, is being remade uh, and will be showed on Adult Swim and Cartoon Network, so keep an eye for that. So lastly, athletes to watch, Sergio. Uh, I am, I'm recommending watching Paul George. And I'm Paul gonna watch George. George. Paul George, mm -hmm. if you guys remember, plays for the Indiana Pacers. He had that horrible uh, injury mm -hmm. with the USA team, not this past summer, but last summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is looking fantastic yeah. right now. He's looking like a top five player in the NBA. He should, it should be uh, my for right now. He looks like he'll be my pick for uh, comeback player of the year. He should be. He should be like hands down. Hands from down. that, from that crazy horrible. Probably, if Steph Curry wasn't playing the way he's playing, he'll mm -hmm. be in the MVP conversation, mm -hmm. and he'll be the biggest story. The Warriors and the Steph Curry going twenty one and zero. We mm -hmm. haven't mentioned it. But yes. that's our weekly update. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's so it's so it's so normalized that we kind of like, oh yeah, the, the Warriors won again. They haven't won, lost yet. So Steph Curry and the Warriors to win. Oh, we'll see how things go there. But I mean, it's so normalized, man. We, yeah, we don't they, need the... they're they're a story. Like they're yes. they're the, the story in the NBA. I'm telling you, a movie, Sergio. We need to write a script. I know you're a film guy. I'm down for we're doing the voices and stuff. We can make animated. It's fine. <laughs> the best animated Warriors basketball movie. Ever to be released. Paul George is probably the second biggest story because mm -hmm. of the injury, mm -hmm. and nobody thought he could come back like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that injury was just horrible. I mean, it was very similar to what happened in Louisville. Oof. But yeah, Ugh. but Kevin Orr, we love you. Uh, Paul George was named NBA's Player of the Month mm. for the that makes sense. Steph Curry's West, of course. It right? makes sense. Has the Pacers and Warriors haven't met yet, right? No, and also what is that happening? I don't know. Oh, and it will. will. Also, the Pacers are at least the second best team, are the second best team in the East right now, and, and behind yeah. the Cavs, which is amazing. Well, the thing is, the Cavs have been, haven't been doing so well. They lost like what three in a row, two in a row, um, and there's been a lot of just. I mean, they're still injured. Like Kyrie Irving is still injured. Yeah, so, so it will, and he'll be back, right? Sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully by that Warriors game they, on yeah, Christmas and they, Day. And they started using Kevin Love in a in a more appropriate manner. That sounds weird to say. <laughs> Spreading your love. Yeah. Did you know that if, well, I mean, it's still weeks away, the Warriors are 21 and 0 now, right? Mm hmm. If they go all, if they go all the way till Christmas, they'll be 32 and 0, and then they play the Cavs on Christmas Day. To get that record, to tie the record to with the Lakers. To tie the record with the Lakers, yeah. That would be crazy. Storybook, you can't write this stuff. Hollywood can't Sounds write good. this stuff. Scorsese can't. <laughs> Google can't. Sounds dope, man. Yeah. Iris Apple can't. Um, she probably can. I wonder if she's a Laker fan. Um, we're a Knicks fan. She's in New York all the time. Um, Knicks fan. Brooklyn Nets. You know. Apple. Uh, all right. Paul George on your end. For my end, Kenta Maeda. No one probably really knows about this person unless you really follow baseball. Kenta Maeda is one of the rising stars and well-known stars in Japanese baseball. When the MLB uh, All-Star team travel or not travel, when they played the Japanese All-Stars, uh, Kenta Maeda just dominated every single uh, batter he faced. Um, he's a f uh, finesse pitcher. So he's, you're not going to get like 100 miles per hour. You're not going to get the strikeouts. But what you are going to get are uh, batters being uh, thrown off balance. Batters trying to hit a home run, trying to hit a hit for a single, grounding it out back to Maeda or, or popping it up to the second baseman. That's the kind of pitcher Kenta Maeda is. He's been posted by uh, his Japanese team and basically is open to being signed and wants to play in the MLB, but we're talking about somebody who can be and has a potential to be one of the best Japanese pitchers to ever play in the MLB. So keep that name in mind, the Kenta Maeda. Kenta, if you're listening, please come and sign with the San Francisco what Giants. What did you just say? I said, oh, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> I, uh, I took Japanese, elementary Japanese back in high school. Oh, did you? Yeah, instead of Spanish. No Spanish, no French, took Japanese. It's useful now, of course. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so I'm very kawaii this, ne? Um, what did you just say? So I said, uh, how are you doing? Uh, my name is Wenjo Panda. And then when I say kawaii this, I just said, that's so cute. Uh, you know. should ask him to come to San Francisco Giants. Did you say that? Did you say that? I don't know that part. <laughs> San Francisco this. Uh, anyways, I apologize. Los Gigantes. <laughs> Los Gigantes. Uh, but Kenta Maeda, keep an eye on that dude. He's probably be a really great Japanese pitcher, better than any of the past few pitchers we've had or have seen. Better than Daisuke, uh, better than your boy from Matsuzaka. the Yankees, Matsuzaka. This guy is a real deal. He has the potential to pitch into his late 30s. 
He's like a, a Japanese Greg Maddox in my eyes. He's 27 now. He's 27 now, which, you know, that's fine. But that's where a lot of international players kind of start their careers in MLB. They prove themselves in, in, in their own leagues, and they come out. So Paul George, Kita Maeda, Samurai Jack, Iris Apfel, Quillen versus Jacobs, USC 30 for 30. You have a long week ahead of you all listeners. Please take a listen, take a look, take a viewing to any of those uh, players, movies, films. And uh, again, we'll see you next week. Next week. All right. As always, listeners, keep those lumpia rolls tight. <laughs> now play my song. Mm-hmm.